This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Who's up across the 40? He swings it to the 45, the 50, down the sidelines. He goes. home for breaking news on your favorite team. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Brought to you by Cam LLP Injury Lawyers. Representing injured people in Edmonton and across Alberta since 1962. On the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Good to have you tuning in tonight. Here's what's going on in the National Hockey League. Quiet day, just two games on tap. The Capitals lead the Ducks 1-0 five minutes into the second period. Panic with his first goal of the season. And later on tonight, the Kings play the Coyotes, two teams that the Oilers will play on their upcoming five-game road trip. It starts tomorrow in San Jose. They visit the Sharks for the second straight Tuesday. We'll have it for you on 6.30, Ched, with the face-off show at 7. And the game will start at 8.30. Raptors in action tonight, leading Charlotte 26-25 after the first quarter. Monday night football kicks off in a few minutes. The 6-4 and four Chiefs taking on the 4-6 and six Chargers. We'll keep you updated on all those scores as we move along throughout the evening. Well, season over for your Edmonton Eskimos. They went into Hamilton against the highly favored Tiger Cats, and uh, the game was kind of predictable by when all was said and done. Hamilton leads the Eskimos. Trevor Harris takes the snap, takes a drop, looks to the right side. He will throw, and that is complete inside the 10. Touchdown, Eskimos! Daniels takes the ball to the end zone. Evans rolls that way under pressure and then on the run throws deep downfield and oh what a catch. Touchdown Hamilton. What an incredible catch in the end zone by Brandon Banks. Falling backwards. He's able to hang on to an incredible catch by Banks for a touchdown. 12 point lead for Hamilton. They're looking to add to that. Watford under center, and he's into the end zone. Touchdown, Hamilton. A season of ups and downs ends with a down. And a big loss to the Ticats here in Hamilton. 36-16, the final score. Yeah. 36-16 36-16 for Hamilton, the better team throughout that game. Uh, I didn't think it was uh, a lack of uh, effort or anything like that from the Eskimos. I, I thought they went out there and did what they could. This is a, a very good Hamilton team, and we'll see if Winnipeg can take them down in the Grey Cup on Sunday. Uh, obviously, Winnipeg has added Zach Kalaros. That's been a huge addition. They're uh, a very good team, got a very good defense, but, man, Hamilton is something, and Brandon Banks is just a complete game changer. And uh, I guess you could say he only had four catches, but 
two of them very significant, especially the touchdown. That's a great catch. He made another awesome catch to uh, get the Tiger Cats down around the five-yard line to set up a score. I think he's the most dangerous player in the game. Hamilton has a great defense. Trevor Harris didn't complete as many passes as he did against Montreal, and I think that's just Hamilton's defense. He had smaller windows to throw into. They were quicker making tackles. They did a better job getting pressure on Harris. They are a very good team, and uh, a team that the Eskimos and probably the rest of the CFL aspiring uh, to be like. It's and, and look, take nothing away from what Calgary's done, obviously, for the last 11 or 12 years, but in terms of this season, Hamilton, uh, the model, and doing it I can't. Another big story in the league this year. Um, backup quarterback. Dane Evans comes in, and Jeremiah Mazzoli was supposed to be the guy in Hamilton and would have been the guy. I don't think they, they would have done much worse or much better with Mazzoli, but the point is they didn't miss a beat with Dane Evans. So pretty incredible performance there. Jeremy from Glendon texting in right off the top. The text line is now the same as the phone line, 780-496-0063. Jeremy, good to hear from you. He says, hey, Reed, same old story for the Eskimos to finish their season. Untimely turnovers, lack of ability to finish drives. The secondary was picked apart and no defensive pushback at the end of the first half. I'm almost positive Jason Moss will go. Our record decreased every year with him at the helm. I also have to think that with uh, uh, Brock backing Moss after field goal gate, our declining record and a new CEO, I think our GM is on the hot seat too. That is from Jeremy from Glendon weighing in tonight on the text line. Well, we'll discuss that. Uh, Obviously, the uh, future of the head coach, I think, is going to be a big topic here as we move through Grey Cup week. Now, I, I will tell you this. The league discourages major announcements by teams during the week of the Grey Cup. So we could be having a very similar discussion one week from tonight about what is going to happen. You know, could something happen in eight to ten days, one way or the other, if, it, if it's going to be announced. Um, but I, I can't tell you much more than that, that, that it's unlikely that there'd be a significant announcement about the Eskimos coaching or anybody else's coaching during the week of the Great Cup. The league wants to focus on the game. They want to focus on the two teams that are in there. So having said that, uh, some significant members of the organization did speak today as it was what's known as garbage bag day in the football industry. The team's cleaning out their lockers. Quarterback Trevor Harris. One of those deals where you wake up, the bumps and bruises hurt a little bit more. And, you know, you dap each other up as you're leaving and it starts to set in and, you know, you see the trash bags and people clean out their lockers and it's tough. It's tough as a, as a quarterback and as a leader, as, as a guy that, you know, the years pass on and you're just, like I said yesterday, you just don't know how many you have left and you just, you never know. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's difficult. It's, I'm gutted, man. And um, I, I can tell you that I don't feel like, I, I don't want to feel like this ever again. And, I fully anticipate on us, you know, challenging for the crown every year. I'm here for the rest of my career. All right, a little bit there from Trevor Harris. Obviously disappointed. It's obviously a a tough end for the athletes. And look, me as a a media guy and also an Eskimo season ticket holder, and for you as Eskimos fans, you you always hope, right? You You always hope, but I think a lot of us were pretty realistic about who the Eskimos were playing. Players always believe. They always believe in themselves that if they execute, make more plays, they're going to get the win. And it's always disappointing for them to see it come to an end. So, uh, Jason Moss. 
was uh, has been the coach of the Eskimos for the last four seasons. He took over in 2016. They uh, finished fourth in the West. They crossed over to the East. They won. Remember, they won in Hamilton and then uh, lost the East final to the Ottawa Red Blacks. The 2017 version of the Eskimos was a pretty good team. The the best team of the four since they've won the Grey Cup and of the four that Jason Moss coached. That was the year they started 7-0. and They got hit with some pretty significant injuries mid-season. Uh, Mike Riley, who did win MOP that year, I think had a bit of a slump mid-season as well. Then they lost six in a row. Then they lost their... Then they won their last five games of the year. So they had a W7, L6, W5 to get to 12-6. and six. Pretty good record. Uh, it was only good enough for third in the West. They didn't have the tiebreaker against Winnipeg. They went into Winnipeg for the West semifinal, scored a pretty convincing victory. You probably remember that game. It was relatively close. Winnipeg faked a punt that failed. The Eskimos took over. Darius Bowman, in really his last big game in the CFL, got a couple of touchdowns. And then they went into Calgary, got the early lead, were were dominated for about 40 minutes after that. And Riley pulled them back in. And they're third down inside the 15 late in the game, down seven. And they kicked the field goal. And, I mean, they would have got the ball back with about nine seconds, seconds left, but they fumbled the punt uh, that Calgary eventually punted. So that was a coaching decision that was, that was much debated. But nonetheless, that was the, the best team the Eskimos have had of the last four years. Absolutely. That, I mean, probably the second best team in the league. In the same division as Calgary, you, you lost the West, uh, the West final to Calgary. Last year, you know the story, six and three. Didn't do much in the second half of the year. BC came on. They did go nine and nine, but last in the West. That doesn't get you in. And then this year, six and three. And uh, now Harris got hurt, obviously, which might have affected some results. But you only win two of your last seven, eight and ten. This time, it's good enough to get into the playoffs. Worse record than last year, but uh, a better finish within the division. Pretty good game in Montreal. Thought that was a, a pretty impressive game by the Eskimos last week. And then, like we said, just not good enough yesterday against Hamilton. So Brock Sunderland, GM of the team, being asked, what, what is the future of your head coach? Like every other end of the season, we're going to sit down and do our due diligence and do exit interviews with players, and, and Jason and I are going to meet, and we're going to uh, roll our sleeves up and get on the same page and go from there. And everything is very fresh, and we just got here, and uh, the wounds are, you know, they're going to heal up. We're going to do the exit interviews with all the players, and he and I are going to get together and have a good discussion like we do at the end of every season and go from there. All right, so Brock Sunderland really committing to nothing about the future of the head coach or the coaching staff. They're going to have meetings. He's going to talk to players, which is kind of what we heard last year. He hasn't come out and endorsed them. I mean, look, if Brock Sunderland was sure Jason Moss was going to be back or if we were in a different point in Moss's tenure as head coach, I mean, if this was after Moss's first year, then you'd probably say, hey, it was his first year on the job. He learned. We did some good things. We had an injured quarterback. He's going to be back. Year after year four is a different situation. That's that's a lot of time to uh, to have been the coach of a team. And again, you know, my I I know I I hear from a lot of you that that hate Jason Moss. I hear from a lot of you that hate Brock Sunderland. I hear from some of you that that hate both. That's the nature of the of, of being a fan. And when the team's not a championship caliber team, uh, I get it. In my mind, a fair evaluation of Jason Moss is that I think. The the man understands offensive football. Um, nobody I talk to that knows Jason criticizes his intelligence or his work ethic or his approach to putting together a game plan. Personally, I think there's some offensive, uh, some, there's some stubbornness there. 
on offense in terms of the play calling. Like, I think Jason really believes his game plan is going to work, maybe to the point that he's reluctant to adjust it mid-game, fourth quarter, mid-season even, because we didn't really see a lot different from the Eskimos until the last couple of games against Saskatchewan and into the playoffs. You know, and maybe to some extent, I get it. You don't want to reveal everything early in the season. You want to build but you don't want to just become so predictable that teams figure you out as, as the season goes on. And, and to me, that would be a, a criticism of Jason, not just throughout this season, but, but maybe his, his entire tenure uh, with the team. And it's, it's a results-based business and a five-team division. They never finished higher than third. They finished third once, they finished fourth twice, and they finished fifth once. So... I wonder what Brock Sunderland is going to look at. Is he just going to look at those results and say, we need to do better, we need to be better than 8-10, and 10. we need to be better than the last two years trying to make the playoffs in the last month? And again, especially when you're 6-3. and three. If you're 6-3 and three at the halfway point, I don't think it's unrealistically un- unrealistic for your fan base to be sitting there thinking, hey, we've won two-thirds of our game of our games when we get into the final month of the season we should at least be competing for a home playoff game second place if not first instead what happened last year this year you're competing to barely make the playoffs the last month of the season they didn't do it last year they were able to do it this year and again credit for what they did in montreal but the eskimos have not been at a point in their recent history where they are the favorite going into a lot of big games. You know, how many times did the Eskimos beat Calgary in the last four years? How many times did you go into a game against Calgary feeling really good that they were the better team? You know, I remember the 2015 West Final. Edmonton was hosting Calgary. Both teams were 14-4, and four, but there was no doubt in my mind Edmonton was the favorite to win that game. I wasn't saying I knew they were going to win or that they were guaranteed to win, but I thought if both teams play max effort, Max execution, Edmonton should be a better team. And going into Hamilton this weekend and other big games, I've been thinking, okay, if Edmonton plays max everything, they still need a break or a mistake by the other team to win it. And I've been feeling that way kind of for the last couple of years. Now, look, if, if Moss is back, and I don't know what's going to happen. Sunderland isn't giving me an inside pipeline. He's not going to tell anybody to who makes a decision. If, if Moss comes back, I'm not going to cry about it. I hope he keeps working and keeps improving. But we have seen some of the same sort of problems with the team since he has been the head coach. Maybe he's going to get another year to iron them out. Maybe he won't. And I think if he's not with the Eskimos next year, he will be somewhere else in the CFL as a head coach or an offensive coordinator. We have our Join the Team promotion presented by Japanese Village. 630 Chet and the Edmonton Oilers giving one lucky listener a -a once-in-a-lifetime experience. You can be in the Oilers team photo. You get to spend a game day at Rogers Place. You'll have breakfast uh, with Bob and Jack and me. You can come to the morning skate with us. You're on the face-off show with me and Rob. You can go to the contest page on 630Chet.com. Enter today's code word it's actually a code name mcdavid today's word mcdavid for the join the team with 630 ched and the edmonton oilers sponsored by japanese village a little bit more from uh, trevor harris from jason moss blake dermott is coming up as well inside sports hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm 630 Chet. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by Cam LLP Injury Lawyers. Representing injured people in Edmonton and across Alberta since 1962. All right. Jet Solver texting in. He says, uh, read too many penalties. I love Jason Moss. He would charge tanks with a bayonet. But the over-aggressive thing is chronic, costly, and downright unprofessional. We deserve professional players. That is Jet Solver texting in. And Brian from Millet writes in. He says, how many DBs were hurt this year? Well, uh, a lot of them. I mean, Orange, Hightower injured at times. Uh, Hunter got injured at the end of the season. Calhoun was uh, injured. I mean, there's a whole backfield just off the off the top of my head. The injuries in the secondary uh, did not help, for sure, and that was a weak spot on the Eskimos as uh, as we moved along throughout the season. Trevor Harris on the future of his head coach. It's a social media world, man. You throw an interception as a quarterback, bench him. If you lose a game in week two of a season, fire him. Bench the quarterback, fire the GM, right? I mean, that's just the way of the world, but... The fact of the matter is, Jason Moss is a tremendous head coach. Fortunate to play for play for him this year, and um, you know I just think it's just the beginning of you know the great things that you know we can accomplish together. And uh, but that stuff's out of my out of my pay grade. I have no idea what goes on. My job is to play, and um, I just know that for 2019, it was an honor to play for Jason Moss, and I would love to play for him again. Um, but I don't think that's any secret about how I feel about playing for him, uh, although we're polar opposite in terms of personality, in terms, you know, he's very, very passionate, and um, I'm a little bit, like, more mild-mannered. We both have a burning desire for the game, and uh, and I love Jason Moss. All right, that is Trevor Harris. Of course, you can get more on 630Ched.com. We will discuss more with Blake Dermott between 630 and 7. We have the latest on the Oilers as we move along as well. Adam Larson close to returning. And an excellent comment from Dave Tippett about the increase in goal scoring this season. All coming up. I'm Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. McDavid and the Oilers, five-game road trip starts tomorrow against the Sharks, 7 o'clock face-off show here on 630 Chad. The game is at 8.30. Just two NHL games tonight. The Kings and the Coyotes start at the top of the hour. The Capitals lead the Ducks 2-0 late in the second period. Panic, his first. Ovechkin, his 15th. The goal scorers in that game. Monday night football. Chargers up 3-0 on the Chiefs. Halfway through the first quarter. Raptors and Hornets tied at 55 with about 30 seconds left in the first half. Raptors coming in at 8-4. The uh, Hornets are 6 and seven. Blake Dermott coming up in a couple of minutes. You'll hear more from uh, Jason Moss, Trevor Harris, Brock Sunderland. You'll hear a little bit from Adam Larson and Dave Tippett. Larson ready to go maybe tomorrow, but should play Thursday against the LA Kings. Joel Pearson has been sent to Bakersfield in the American Hockey League. I also, I'm really looking forward to this later on tonight. We're going to talk to U of A Pandas volleyball coach Lori Eisler, 28 seasons as the coach of the Pandas. Over the weekend, she won her 800th game. Yes, she is up to well, she's actually up to 801. 801 wins as the coach of the U of A Pandas. Now, Blake Dermott is excited about that, but Blake, I just want to clarify, I said wins, 
not 800 wings, okay? I'm not springing you 800 chicken wings after the show. She has won 800 matches. That would take me a year to eat at those things now. Uh, maybe when I was playing, it would have been a little bit quicker, but not now. No. <laughs> uh, Lori Eisler has been uh, coaching at the U of A since the 91-92 season. Uh, pretty incredible. But, yeah, she'll be on a little bit later on, Blake. And and Terry Eisler, uh, special teams uh, coach with the uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, so, uh, um, yeah, uh, a great uh, family history of coaching. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be fun to have her on the show. I love talking about U of A stuff. Blake, before we uh, dive into the Eskimos, and, and speaking of the Riders, I want to uh, touch on that West Final as well. That was a, a very tense game with an unusual finish. You played for several seasons. You, you didn't get to win the title every year. This is known as Garbage Bag Day. How did that day feel for you? I mean, we had a great clip from Trevor Harris of just about how how sad this, this this day is. I mean, the, you, every team believes maybe they're going to go on a run and win it, but only only one team will. What are some of your memories or, or recollections of, of those feelings on Garbage Bag Day? Well, none of them were good. Uh, let's put it that way. The, the, the only thing they, uh, that I always found it harder was for the last, I don't know, eight years of my career, I, I, I worked, I had a second job, uh, and... and um, you know, for a lot of the players, when the season ends and ends abruptly, they can load up their garbage bag and then throw it in the car and go home. And uh, for for those of us, and there was quite a few of us that lived in the in, in the city after this, you have to answer the questions for probably the next six weeks. And that's what made it very difficult. Was uh, you know, and if you if you had a job and you saw people regularly, uh, it was it was even worse. If you if you just sort of hid in your apartment or your your home and and went to the gym occasionally, you still had to, you know, to talk to people. And, and uh, that, that makes it very tough. Um, it's uh, the thing about that, and, and everything that Trevor Harris said is true. You know, you, this, this team will never be the same again. You'll never play with all of these guys. It's going to be, that's a sad, a sad time, especially if, you know, you, you develop some pretty good friendships and relationships, and some of those just end after the season. It, when, once guys go their separate way. And, uh, um, you know, by all reports and listening to players and talking to players over the course of a year, this was a really close team. Now, they didn't have the success that, that a lot of really close teams have, but there's so many other factors when, when you think about that. You know, it's, you, uh, there's so many things you can't control. Injuries, injuries amongst the defensive backs. Uh, in, over the last three years, one group has been decimated over the course of the year. Two years ago was linebackers. Last year was offensive line. This year was was defensive backs. Uh, they and then throw in the fact that you're losing your MVP quarterback for for five games. I mean that there was a lot of things that this coaching staff, this this group of players had to had to deal with. And uh, you know, I always I always would tell the kids that. Because you have more of these kinds of days than you have of uh, days where you win your last game, you know. If you if you got into the, any if you got into a relationship knowing that you're going to fail 99 percent of the time, you wouldn't even bother. But athletes are different. You know, we you know that you're gonna you're not going to be successful 99 percent of the time. Yet some guys go their whole careers and never win. And, you know, I, I was lucky and played 14 years and only won twice. Now I say only. That's that's not a lot. You know, and and. Uh, so you, you, know, you go into this thing knowing you're going to lose most of the time, and uh, and a lot of those a lot of the times you're going to lose. You don't have control over why you lost, you know, because 
injuries take key players out. You know, you could have weather conditions. You could have you could have a poor decision making by by the coaching staff. Uh, it's just a lot of things as a player that you think about. So all you can do is go out there, put your heart and soul into it, play as hard as you can. Like Trevor uh, Harris said, you know, it, it's, it really hurts when it ends, and uh, I've seen it a lot. Well, and, and I don't think the Eskimos lost yesterday because uh, they didn't put their hearts in it or because of lack of effort or anything like that. I, I think a very, very good football team went out there and made fewer mistakes than the Eskimos and made and made more big plays. Uh, I mean, the Eskimos made some plays. They didn't make enough, and, and they probably were guilty of uh, of not a not a massive amount of more mistakes, but, but a few more. And I think some of those were, were forced by Hamilton. That's kind of how I looked at the game, Blake. You know I was heavily favoring Hamilton um, going in. I'm just wondering how you saw it and some of the details that allowed Hamilton to ultimately win by 20. Well, exactly what you said. I mean, they, the Eskimos got beat by a pretty darn good team. You don't win 15 games and, and don't lose a game at home with smoke and mirrors. Uh, this was a team that is extremely well coached. Uh, had, uh, you know, you, you think uh, how many players are talking about this in the broadcast, how many players that were wearing double blue last year or came from some place else where, you know, uh, I thought Brock Sutherland did an excellent job in, in solidifying parts of the, uh, the team this year. Um, but uh, so did Hamilton, you know, and they, 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 were, so, they were so good at, with their depth that you lose the guy who a lot of people at the beginning of the season are projecting to be the MOP and, and your quarterback, Masoli. Mm-hmm. And all you do is you get a guy who's a backup and, as, you know, what, he, he played a couple of minutes in a couple of games and goes on and, and uh, is taking his team to the Grey Cup. And now, with, with, with his age and everything, I think he's only 25 years old, now you're talking about the MVP, uh, you know, potential MVP when he comes back. He may not have a job next year. So, so that's the kind of that's the kind of season. This was a magical season for the Hamilton Tiger Cats, but but those things just don't happen by chance. They happen because they they are a well constructed organization, and uh, with the caretaker there, you know, the the owner, and then the coaching staff put together a fantastic team and 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 had some great athletes to do it. What I saw in the game was an Eskimo team that came in with a lot of confidence after what they did to Montreal. And man, they, they they made a couple of mistakes early, and they just couldn't get. You, you just couldn't afford to do that. And we we all said that. You know, you, this is a team. They got to play really, really well, and you can't dig yourself in a hole. Not like they did the first time they played Hamilton in here in Edmonton. And what happens? They go out there in the first two series. You know, they're essentially down ten nothing, and against this team, that just wasn't going to be enough. Uh, interesting week for Dane Evans. Uh, he is 25, Lake. He actually turns 26 tomorrow. <laughs> so so uh, he'll play his first game as a 26-year-old in the Grey Cup. Uh, a lot of chat about, well, there's been, I mean, there's been a lot of chat all year about the Eskimos coaching staff and the future of Jason Moss. And again, I'll reiterate the, this to people if they're, if they're tuning in for, for some kind of bombshell tonight. We don't expect anything major this week from the Eskimos or any other CFL team uh, as the league discourages that dur- during the week of the Great Cup. Uh, you know, I'll just kind of paraphrase what I said in the first half hour. I, I think Jason Moss knows offensive football. Um, uh, everybody I talked to says he's a he's a smart man. Uh, I, I thought there was some stubbornness with some of the play calling, and I know you get mad when I say that, Blake, because I, I you, you remind me I don't always know what play was called. But I think I saw a few hundred plays this year that maybe there wasn't enough, uh, quite enough variety. Um, you know, four years, never higher than third in the division, though they did a tie for the second-best record in the league in 2017 and probably had the second-best team in the league. Uh, they beat Winnipeg in the playoffs and lost to Calgary. 
Uh, I, I mean, look, if Jason's back, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, uh, I'm not gonna whine about it. I'll hope he has a good year as, as coach and keeps growing. But it is to me sort of that point where after four years with not more success, uh, it's a, it's a legitimate conversation to have because four years is you know a bit of a tenure in in pro sports as a coach. You know, when you um, every time you lose. You got you got to go through the post the postmortem. You got you have to. Management does. Coaching staff does. Yes, there's going to be changes. I agree. There's going to be changes. Is it going to be coach the head coach? Is it going to be the general manager? I I, I don't I, I don't know. I can't say that. But here's the thing. Like I mean, uh, sports fans are a fickle group, right? There, there's only one thing that you can do to satisfy them is to win the championship every year. Um, but three of the four years that Jason Moss has been the uh, head coach. They've made it one game away from the Grey Cup. And in doing that, there are four other teams over the last, well, three of the last four years, four teams in every one of those years that were wishing they were in that situation. And, uh, and you know, when I, when I played, we had, uh, uh, we were nine Western finals, and uh, four times we didn't make it to the Grey Cup. It, it is so difficult. It's, it's, like, it's like being a golf, trying to get your score under 100 is a lot easier to go from 120 to 100 than it is to go from 76 to 72. And when you get to that, when you get to that, uh, that final game, that, that conference final, it is really difficult to, to win that last game to get to the Grey Cup. And if, and if it was easy, it, uh, Winnipeg uh, would have been, had more Grey Cups than they, uh, you know, they hadn't been in the Grey Cup and had won more Grey Cups than the last one they won in 1990. And uh, Hamilton, 1999. When was the last time Edmonton won a Grey Cup? It was like five years ago, right? 2015, yeah. Yeah, uh, four years ago. So, so the people in Edmonton are spoiled, and they have been spoiled for a long time, and that's a good thing. That, that means that they're passionate and they're excited about their organization. But sometimes the people that are the loudest are not the most realistic people. And uh, I think Jason Moss and his coaching staff has, uh, over the four years that he's been there, they have grown. They have, they, you know, got to remember this first time he was a head coach, and to be in three conference finals in four years—that's pretty darn good. Now they've grown as a staff. They've had they've had people come in. They got a lot more growing to go. And I, and I'll bet you they to, to a man, every one of them will say that we got to be better at this, this, and this, and this. But you think about what they did this year with the amount of players, the turnover they had on this on this roster this year. How many guys that they that were new to this organization and they made it to a conference final. And they have a lot of these guys uh, that are, are going to be back again next year. And your quarterback. And, you know, you've got just an outstanding receiving court. And your linebackers, if they can re-sign all of these guys. I mean, this is – and if you can keep your defensive back, backs healthy. Uh, this is not – they are not starting where they started this year. There's, this is an opportunity for this team and this group and this organization who, to a man, all seem to praise their head coach and their coaching staff. So, so if you – you, you, you clean out the lockers, clean out the staff. Now you bring a new group in. What do you do to the? What do you do to that locker room? And that's the thing that the organization really has to look at. Blake, you know, there's, so, sorry, I'll sorry, let you. No, yeah. I'll let you finish. I was going to say that's the things that people have got to understand. That it's it's not just as simple as let's get a new guy because it sometimes that doesn't work very well. Yeah, can I get you to just hang on the line because I want to talk about that West final after the break. You got yeah, time? Sure. Okay, yeah. more with Blake Dermott. We'll talk about that uh, wild finish in Regina and uh, a quick look ahead to the Grey Cup when we get back.
Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by Cam LLP Injury Lawyers, representing injured people in Edmonton and across Alberta since 1962. All right, good to have you tuning in tonight. I asked Dave Tippett a question today about increased goal scoring in the NHL, how many uh, late period, late third period comebacks there have been this season. He gave a great answer. We're going to get to that between 7 and 7.30 tonight. I'll also catch up on the text line, 780-496-0063. I know you guys as Eskimos fans care about your team. You're disappointed lately, and uh, I want to get to some of those comments on the text line, and we will have time for phone calls between 7 and 7.30 as well. Blake Dermott is on right now. We've had him on every week throughout the football season of course the CFL season and uh, we're breaking things down for the Eskimos and on the uh, west side of the draw Blake so uh, another little chapter of heartache for Ryderville they've had the 13th man and other thing the Ridgeway slip and uh, and now they got I don't know what the the, the crazy crossbar they <laughs> off the goalpost whatever you call it I've seen passes hit the crossbar before it doesn't happen very often I don't know if I've ever seen a team season end that way well, that, uh, that's just one of those bounces, isn't it? The, 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 the ball is not round, so it's going to bounce weird. And <laughs> But, you know, I, I want to just and, – and first of all, I thought, uh, you know, from the beginning of the game when I started watching, I thought this was just going to be all, all the bombers. And uh, I thought uh, the ref had showed an awful lot of moxie, and so did uh, Fajardo. Cody Fajardo was fantastic in the game, fighting, fighting, fighting. He didn't play a great game. It wasn't a masterpiece. But just his ability, like that team and that organization, they just fought and fought and fought and and, and almost pulled it out. I mean, the 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 ball that uh, right before the uh, hit crossbar that uh, was should have been intercepted, yeah. should have been knocked down, ends up being caught on the five yard line. I mean, yeah. they just I'm going, oh my God, this is a team of destiny. They're gonna they're gonna win, you know. But uh, and then and then the ironic thing about the the starting quarterback and the other team was your quarterback at the beginning of the I year know. and you got rid of him. You know, it's there's crazy. just. So, it was a great storyline, but, uh, you know, a lot of people, and I was listening to the radio this morning, a lot of people just sort of on the decisions that Jason Moss has made, mistakes he's made, and as I said, he's grown as a coach. But how about, you know, first-time coach uh, in, in Saskatchewan, Dickinson? He, the, the decision he made in the first half, let the clock run out because he thought they could get a play called, and, and you know, and then last week he, he did something, I, I think they called the play, mismanaged something, missed a field goal. I mean, those were two situations that, that, I mean, ultimately they didn't cost them the game, but they could have cost them the game. I mean, they didn't, they, well, this one may have because they, 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 if he had kicked the field goal or done, taken the time yeah, out that he had. changes everything, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, I mean, coaches make mistakes. First-time coaches make mistakes. A lot of people here would say that Dickens is a pretty good coach. I think there's a lot of people around okay. the league that think Jason Moss is a good coach, too. Okay, so let me ask you this about the Riders. They have the third and goal. Well, first of all, they had this, the, I can't remember if it was the first or second down play where they left the third string guy in and Powell just ran into him like he didn't even go either side. Yeah, yeah. And then, so, so McAdoo and Dickinson are being questioned for having the third string quarterback in and running that style of offense. And then the quarterback sneak, well, it was the quarterback sneak. You try to take it outside. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, you know, when McAdoo was here as the offensive coordinator and he got criticized for being too conservative and he's faced some of that uh, in Saskatchewan as well and some key calls, like not just in the red zone, inside the two where they couldn't execute the play. Yeah, well, you know, that's, that's uh, again, that's football. I mean, the first time they did the quarterback sneak with the, uh, the backup quarterback in, the guy ran around the outside and they scored. And uh, so they, they didn't put him in. Uh, they... Um, 
they, they didn't put him in, who's pretty athletic and runs that very well, but they got really good sub, uh, uh, penetration. They were submarine their, their offensive tackle, who, again, was a, uh, somebody was in because somebody was injured, and he gets submarine, he gets pushed back in the quarterback, and the play's killed. I mean, so, I mean, the, uh, early in my career, like about day three of my first training camp, I, I, uh, Hector Pache said to me, why are you getting so mad when you get beat? That guy's getting paid to beat you. You know, you and and the other guys on the other side of the field uh, in Winnipeg were getting paid to make plays, and they made plays. I don't think it's always the the, the result of a bad call or uh, you know uh, uh, a mismanaged opportunity by a coaching staff. Sometimes guys make plays on you, and and that's what happened. And I thought Winnipeg made more plays. I I think that they have the other quarterback in. He goes the other way. He probably scores, but. But yeah, I, and and you know I, when you got the the, the second string quarterback in to run that that sort of option play, I don't know if he went the wrong way or Powell went the wrong way. I don't know. You know, it just sometimes that happens in the game, like like hitting a crossbar. All right, uh, we're in the last uh, seventy seconds of your call here, Blake. I don't know if we're going to have you on later in the week, so give me a couple keys to the Grey Cup, and you know damn well I got to ask you for a prediction. <laughs> okay, well I'll predict right away. I think Hamilton's going to win. I think Hamilton's just the class of the league, the best team in the league. Um, they got and they've got a good enough defense to be able to handle that Kolaris slash Strebler offense that, that Winnipeg has. Um, I think you saw what they did to Edmonton's run game. They shut it down. I think Hamilton has played Winnipeg twice and beat them twice. So I think that they'll they uh, going into the game now. The only thing that could change that is if it gets ridiculously cold in, in Calgary. If it's a, a a decent temperature game, I think. Winnipeg wins. I'm not going to say they're going to blow it out, but I think they're going to win. Blake, I know we uh, obviously I say talk- Winnipeg, I, said, I meant Hamilton. Sorry, Hamilton. Hamilton's going to win, yes. Yeah, Hamilton's going to win. I would agree with uh, that. Well, i got to ask you for a score then. <laughs> okay. Uh, 27-17. 27-17. I just wrote that down in my scribbler. Did you? And you know how well organized my scribbler is. You've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's always a pleasure. I know we talk throughout the season, but uh, it's been awesome having you on weekly throughout the Eskimos campaign. Thanks so much, man. Talk to Reed, you soon. always enjoy it. Thanks a lot for having me on. That is Blake Dermott checking in. There's our first prediction of the week here at Inside Sports, Kellen. 27-17, Blake has the Tiger Cats taking it. Right I'll, I'll catch up on some of your feedback on the text line. We'll check the scoreboard. A little bit more from Garbage Bag Day for the Eskimos. A whole bunch more coming up on the Oilers. Adam Larson feeling really good. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.